Welcome to Third Tuesday Conversation, a monthly podcast that focuses on the ministry of faith formation with children, youth, and families in ELCA congregations. Our goal is to engage in conversations that strengthen and empower your ministry world. This podcast is produced by the ELCA Youth Ministry Network. I'm Danica Olson. I'm Adam Butler. And I'm Elizabeth Patterson. Welcome, everybody, to the next installment of Third Tuesday Conversation. That, that was a little radio-y. But <laughs> yeah, I wish I people it. could see this. Wish people could see the smirk on your face too. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the next installment. <laughs> kind of feel like we're doing like a like a true crime <laughs> spoof or something. Hey, I maybe just... we should turn three TC and do a true crime podcast. What well, crimes <laughs> about what? I don't know. Who stole the communion wine? Bum, bum, bum. No, I just listened to two hour podcast this week. Not all in one sitting, but about, I'm very sorry that I'm bringing this up. I don't, I wasn't meaning to about, <laughs> is the Enneagram real? And so <laughs> are you sorry you're bringing it up in front of me? <laughs> no, I'm I just, not sorry. Anyway. Um, so that these, all these voices, there's five people on this, on this panel and that was a panel, but they're like all friends. And so they were talking to each other and through about the Enneagram and, you know, jabbing at each other about it not you know just they were in a comfortable space to share their real thoughts and opinions about the Enneagram and just there were very different voices and so I don't know when I was just trying to intro this episode of 3TC I channeled something different I don't know why I'm sorry love it (laughs) anyway that's a good that's a good true crime is the Enneagram dead uh (laughs) dead is it was it ever alive Depends on how you look at it, I guess. That was the question. Is is it real? Which whatever. We don't need to get into that. We're that's not what we're talking about today. (laughs) Segue Um, us, Elizabeth. Segue. Save us from ourselves. (laughs) We should start over. No. Um, so we are sort of freshly off of the extravaganza. We have life swirling around us, and after a bit of reflection from the things that we got to experience at the E, I mean, we're just gonna have a little conversation and see where it goes. And um, today I just wanted to talk about something that has kind of has stuck with me from the messaging that I heard throughout the extravaganza, but specifically in the track that I attended with Bishop Layla Ortiz about uh, evangelism. And, um, you know, that word evangelism has always been a little bit scary to me as, um, as me. And I don't, I was like about to make some assertions. As an Enneagram one. As just me. Um, You know, like, you know, I don't like to get in people's business too much. I don't want to be too pushy. I'm not trying to, you know, push my stuff on nobody. And I learned some things about how or about what our responsibility might be as Christians, as people of faith, as people who live by grace. Uh, in our church and the way our church believes that that we have responsibility to share it and that you know we can take for granted our beliefs on grace and that that is something that people really that would really be beneficial in some people's lives in all people's lives Mm -hmm. right and so that is one reminder that I um, took away from this extravaganza was you know I really could be more intentional about how I talk about grace and how we as a ministry share grace with other people. Or even if I'm like talking to somebody I meet, I'm always very hesitant to talk about what I do and, 
and you know what I believe things in my faith. I don't know. Is that is the same for you? Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, yes. I almost I almost never tell people I'm like, a pastor unless as they a force rule, it out of me. For real. <laughs> Why? Why do we do that? Well, I mean, I can speak for myself only that a lot of times the reason that I am avoiding it is either one, because I'm I'm in a situation where I'm like in my quote unquote real life and need a break from people dumping stuff on me. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's, you know, kind of, a lot of times it's purely selfish of like, I, you know, I, I did mm-hmm. this all day or I've done this all week or I've had a, I'm, you know, I'm on vacation and I, I don't really want to talk about it. The other thing I think is at play is that a lot of the circles that I run in outside of church, I just am not hanging out, out with a lot of other people who are strong believers. And so a lot of times it feels like the conversation is more trying to convince someone that this is important and not a, like an opportunity to freely talk about grace. Like I would love to talk about the gift of God's love and, and grace and was worthwhile. And most of the time I'm convincing or not, or at least like that's the premise is that I'm having to try to work through convincing people that what I do and what I believe is worthwhile. And maybe like a, to be thing that might that's at play is that I'm not always convinced I believe in it either. So like there's that that is a hard if that's the starting point is like uh is a convincing uh kind of conversation rather than a sharing of the the things that I think are really important about Christianity, then I'd like I don't really have the energy for it. So uh, it's it there's a lot to it that makes evangelism difficult when you're coming from those kinds of perspectives. Yeah. I, I'd be curious to know more Elizabeth about, I didn't take that track at the E. And so from my perspective, that word, even in the ELCA, it's kind of cringe to me because it's been co-opted by other parts of the Christian church that feel manipulative and damaging. So I'm curious, like, I mean, obviously, I think and want others to know God's love through Jesus and about the incredible gift of grace. And <laughs> I, I think I'm with you, Adam. Like, are are you convincing? Are you sharing? How do you? Sh- how is it sharing what you know to be true without it being off-putting? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know how it was talked about in your track. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't want to like share too much of Bishop Ortiz's story. You know, we, we can invite her on, I think in a later podcast. And uh, I would share something that she, she talked about the, how the, some of the bishops went on a trip to the Holy land. I don't know if you saw that on social media recently, and they got to um, meet with a prince in Jordan in a palace, which she's talked about is really cool. Um, and so this prince said to them, you know, I'm not trying to convince you to, follow my religion. And I don't expect you to try to convince me to follow yours. Uh, But he had some thoughts on what they, what we need to be doing. He said, you need to consistently engage with your spirituality and you need to know your God and follow your God. And so we talked a lot of, we talked a bit about what it means to truly know Jesus and to like, and get into the study of really knowing who Jesus is and what, what Jesus is doing in our lives. And that's, you know, 
making generalizations, right? If across across the board, or if you think of our congregations as a whole, um, you know, the, we attend worship and we, to simplify it, consume what the church is putting out there and then go off into our daily lives and just generally don't spend a lot of time like really studying Jesus and knowing Jesus so that it can be transformational in our daily lives. And then also the engaging spirituality piece, like there was a little bit of conviction going on for me, which is why I bring it up, you know, that like as people who work in the church, I mean, I, I am not that I'll sometimes have a good practice of, of um, engaging spirituality in my life, but that's not a consistent thing for me by any means. And duh, that would be an important piece of like fully living into who God calls us to be. And then like being able to have a different sort of wisdom, even to share like this idea of grace with other people, you know? So I just, you know, I get, we get caught up it. I can get caught up in what my job is and the work that I have to do and lose sight sometimes of what we're about and what I, what, what is, what are my beliefs or what it, how is this playing out in my own life? Like that is, that's cringy stuff. Cause it's not always, it doesn't always look good, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, I would feel pretty, I would feel convicted by that too, in some ways. Also, there is a pretty significant cultural difference between, between Jordan and America. Right. I mean, the, like, I personally don't find any find find that there's there's a lot that's appealing about American Christianity in terms of like a whole cultural Christianity. Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, and I think there that's another thing that's at play is that like the, a lot of the people that I feel are doing like good, not good, um, um, strong evangelism work or what should I say like robust yeah robust in your face evangelism work are people that are like that don't that I don't share. Yes. A Christian viewpoint with. Yes. Um, so that's the other thing that's that that's challenging there is that there is this kind of cultural piece to it that the current state of evangel- evangelicalism is kind of dominated by an American Christianity that I don't mm-hmm. I don't see eye to eye with that mm-hmm. is all about. Uh, capitalism and consumerism and like winning souls and a, a kind of like feel good self-help kind of Christianity that just is not, I mean, so that, that is one area where I do feel like I have the opportunity to be evangelical with the Lutheran response to that. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, there are conversations I have like that where I'm, but again, it's a convincing thing. It's like, that is not the thing that I believe in. And I think that there's another way, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would say that's like so a def- often. it's a defense and also a convincing. It's like, <laughs> we're, now we're back to the same place of mm-hmm. like, what, what are we supposed to do with that? We're like, yes, yeah, some spirituality in my life would really help. But also like, how is that going to change this like powerful capitalistic American Christianity that I improve my spiritual life so that I can con- convince other people that this is good. I, yeah, I, <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do there. Well, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I know Danica, you have something you were going to say, but what you said about what Dan- Adam, what you said about it, like uh, in your face, I think when we hear the word evangelism, that's exactly 
for me at least, that's like the in your face would be the phrase that um, comes to mind that like it's it's standing with a megaphone and saying making assertions about you know god to for all to hear and like i don't know well maybe this is why the track i took was called reclaiming the e-word because i don't know that that is that is not what i am called to as just me Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm not gonna be megaphoning anything to anybody and like what so what does evangelism look like for us and how yeah if it's not convincing and if it's not defending like what is it could it be something else so and what what were you going to say Danica yeah I was just going to say I feel like so often conversations about what we do or what we believe come in the way of defining what we're not and like is is that a is that a compelling thing? I doubt it. Like as a person who has been a lifelong Lutheran, I find myself in conversations often. In fact, it just happened last weekend with my at my sister-in-law's bachelorette party of all places. Of like being in a conversation with someone who is like, "Oh, you're, you work in a church. And I'm like, yep, I do. And like this person had been hurt by the church. And so then I find myself in conversations, like, I'm sorry that that happened to you. And we're not all like that. (laughs) And so like my identity in evangelizing conversations becomes about what I'm not rather than what I am simply because the story of Jesus, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus has been co-opted and coupled with some really hurtful and harmful things. And so I, I'm with you, Adam, about the American Christianity, like barf. I don't, I don't want that. And if I'm convincing, if I'm trying to convince someone about Lutheran Christianity being different, how actually am I being different? Because I'm convinced, trying to convince. Yes. And we have a message worth knowing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are loud voices out there that are saying things that we think are crap. And so like, don't we, we have something to say. And like, what one of the things that Bishop Ortiz had said in the track was like, you're keeping this to yourself. Mm-hmm. And in some ways that's true. And so like, is it inauthentic to our faith and beliefs to actually try to do work to convince someone that we have a different message to share, that there could be a different way to know God? Is that inauthentic to our to our faith if it ends up actually making a difference in someone's life? I mean, that, it's a good it's a good question, and I don't think that there's necessary like no. I'm I mean, absolutely, like there is something at play here that is absolutely like we don't want to beat people over the head with it. So instead we choose to not talk about it at all, which I mean, I can be convicted by constantly. I'll still say though, that at least within the cultural circles I run in and they are like largely white and middle-class and there there are some there are definitely some cultural things within my life that like make this make this the way that it is instead of like some sort of like saving resurrective message 
it's a convincing people that this is a good thing to believe in. That is largely because of the cultural spot that I land in. And I recognize that. So, I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out like how, in what circumstances it makes sense for me to, to just be like, oh, I've got this message to share. I, I better talk about it. <laughs> like that's just, that's just, I'm not, I'm not encountering people in that way. Yeah. Um, most of the time, like Danica mentioned, like I have one of those conversations almost every week with somebody who's been hurt by the church, who has left the church, who's not convinced by the church, who's not convinced by the message, who's uh, gotten bored with it, who's gotten hurt by it, who's gotten uh, even worse by it. And they come to me asking questions about what that's all about. And not only do I feel like I have to answer for the entirety of the Christian like belief system, I also like, it's usually a person that I, that I lo love and care for and want to have some relief from that. And it's, it's pastoral care. It's not evangelism. And I know that pastoral care can be evangelism. And that's maybe some of that reclaiming of the word, but also yeah. like, you know, I'm, it's, it's a, it's a different thing than we, than we are used to hearing. And so I, I don't know, I struggle a little bit going all the way back to what you were saying, Elizabeth, I'd struggle a little bit with like, I've got this message and I'm just keeping it to myself because it's not worth the effort. Like, yeah, sometimes, but also no, like there's a lot of barriers up that, I, that make it more of a challenge and maybe not what we're called to do to like, just like go out and start preaching this message to people randomly that we see. How about spending millions of dollars on Super Bowl commercials? Ooh, is, she did is, it. That, is that evangelism? It's one form of it. It's, <laughs> it's it certainly one form of it. Positive evangelism? Who the hell knows, Danica? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I found myself like there wasn't anything that I felt um, super turned off by about the commercials until I did some research about who and how much who created and how much these commercials cost. And I found myself thinking, okay, fine. That, that I don't have any problem with the message and the life of Jesus in a Super Bowl commercial. I don't have any problem with that. I do, however, have a problem with all of the things that Jesus cared about, the least, the lost, the marginalized, the hungry, the ailing, right? I think that so many of those things that Jesus cared about and are at the heart of who Jesus is could have been better served with the money that it took to produce these commercials. And frankly, and this is my own perspective, but I feel like using that money to actually do something about the things that Jesus cared about and preached about rather than telling about the thing that Jesus cared about and preached about would say a whole lot more about the church and about Christianity than look at these two Super Bowl commercials that we paid billions of dollars for. I mean, cause it's not just the cost of the commercial. It's the slot. It's the, I, I read somewhere that it was over a billion dollar campaign 
And it's like, well, think of how many things, how many people could have been fed, how many, right? Like, yeah, I mean, there's always some of that, right? Like the, 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 but that's, that's American Christianity that we come right back to it. Like this is, this is how we are going to spread the message of Jesus is to just buy million billion dollar ad spots at the Super Bowl, which is the most grossly consumeristic capitalistic (laughs) event we have every year. Right. So like there is some of that at play. Also what's weird about these ads is somehow they're like making everyone angry. I can't like there was, they were on TV before the Super Bowl, and I like, it was a mystery who was paying for them. And then like sort of talk about migrants, but then they also like make this case, this, these other cases. And it's just like, and then the funding behind it is like people tied to, anti-LGBTQ and anti-abortion causes and you're going, these don't make any sense. Like there's no like coherent message other than don't be mad at each other. (laughs) Believe in Jesus, which is such a like white American Mm -hmm. approach to Christianity. Why are we all so mad at each other? (laughs) Jesus loved everyone. Let's that's let's love each other. And if that is what evangelism is, and if that is what people are trying to tell me that I'm supposed to be a part of, I want nothing to do with it. I want everyone to love each other. Of course, that would be a much more pleasant world to live in. But like, for the sake of what, just like, if, if you just believe in Jesus, uh, this Jesus who 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 gets us, it, it, everything will be fine. Everything will everything will be fine. And I'm telling you, that doesn't work for hardly anyone, but one group, one, like very specific group of Christians. And that to me is not evangelism. And then also billions of dollars, like where, as like earthquakes take tens of thousands of lives and we're trying to do relief work all over the world for all sorts of things. And we're trying to convince Americans to be Christian because they like, that would make the world better. I'm not convinced. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced. And you don't even need convincing. <laughs> right. You're not the you're not the target audience. And then and then I think that goes back to what you're talking about, Elizabeth, when you're talking about the, the amount of energy and what's worth it and things like that. And to me, being up against that kind of power and that kind of influence absolutely does make me feel like it's not worth it. And, and maybe that's the wrong response, mm. but it, it definitely builds something within me. That's like, <laughs> I'm just, I don't have it in me to try to work against this and convince people. Otherwise, I, I feel like the train has already left the station and I recognize that that's not all, that's not super helpful, but it's honest. It's a bit bleak. I mean, I'm like, all right, in conclusion, <laughs> let's not ever speak about let's not evangelism is a no that's a no for us thank you very much and we're gonna just keep doing what we're doing i don't hey listen i wasn't i'm not it didn't come into this conversation trying to like change our outlook on how we is it be real time (laughs) yep are you are you serious Oh I don't even know what I was saying. I just know, witnessed Danica do her be real. And that totally derailed my train of thought. I'm very sorry. I was not trying to come into this conversation to like convince us to start living our 
I don't know, living life a different way or to be, to be or do no, anything that, different. I, and like, it would be okay if you were, I, that I like, that doesn't make me upset. I would be okay if you were. I, all that to say, I don't have the answers, right. That like mm-hmm. these things, these, these, this conversation, like it, it's moving something in me, you know, and I have, I have reactions to, you know, the things that you both are saying about the, he gets us ads and the money where the money is coming from and the, what the content of the message is and the American Christianity, all, like I, yeah, all, all of those things. I mean, really, if we want to get into it, I have opinions about how a lot of people use their money for things, a lot of organizations or all the things, right? Like we could do amazing life-changing things with our stupid money money is so stupid (laughs) and yet that this is the world that we live in and this is the language that like it or not we also are a part of american christianity like we are in that culture we are not as much as we like to try to pretend that we are like we aren't necessarily countercultural. like the people that we serve are living in this world too and so like what does that mean for who we are then and how we lead and what our church is about? Unfortunately, we need to be a part of the thing in order to do something different, right? Like God became human to do something different and that's God. So us as lowly leaders in the ELCA who have a good message to share in a world where there are loud voices that we don't agree with, like, what do we do? There's, and we can't, and, and is it helpful to just say, nah, there's, it's too hard. There's it's too, it's too big, too big a boat to turn. I don't know. I, I think you got to think that there is something within our scope, within our responsibility, within, you know, something that we can impact and affect in our little world. We t- This is like a message we tell our confirmation kids. I mean, come on. Like we can do what we can do. Mm-hmm. And so like, there is something for us to do. I can't tell you what it is. As I said, I don't have the answers, but like, it's not a just throw up our arms and say, well, that's dumb, but I'm, I got nothing else to offer. I'm not convinced of that quite yet, but maybe I'll get there. And that's my, that's like my cynical, like unsure part of this is that like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not convinced that it's that being a part of it to change it is going to, is going to make a difference. And I may, I may think differently tomorrow or next week or in a few years, but that's, I think that, I think that certainly needs to be can at least vocalized as part of the evangelism problem that we're talking about here is that, is that for, for some people being a part of it and trying to change it is not worth the energy and so where does that leave us also, you know, that I can be convinced that this is a good story to tell. And also what if, what if I don't have the energy to tell the story? That's, I just, that's, it's at play. And I, you know, don't necessarily know what to do about it either, but that's, uh, that's the challenge of evangelism, especially in this culture that we're in. I really hope that somebody out there listens to this and has some perspective to give it maybe it's going to be bishop ortiz i'm going to send this to her and say listen and come back and respond to us but maybe one somebody else out there (laughs) too who has 
something to challenge us with or a perspective to offer, like we want to have that conversation with you. Like I, I, I this is a piece that I um, need more work and learning and challenge around to be able to get, get a sort of healthy forward thinking perspective on. Like I'm, I, it was really helpful. The things that I heard at the E and obviously like I'm nowhere, I'm, I haven't arrived anywhere yet you know, on the journey. And so I think that we would really benefit from some teachers who can lead us, lead us to something. And not to say that we need to go anywhere, but like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Seems a bit mucky. I wonder if we make, if we make it more complicated, which is the classic cornerstone of the church we make things more complicated than they ought to be like jesus didn't say like i'm gonna convince you of this he said come and see so if we're coming to see what are people coming to see will they get it will they get a different message in our homes in our friendships in our church walls than they hear from harmful Christianity messaging and like, is it about our words or is it about how we communicate who God is and that God is living and active and present. And then it isn't about convincing because people have experienced that in and through us. So while I like, I mean, again, I wasn't at the track. My my guess is probably it's about telling the story, but how do we tell the story with our lives and with the way that we show up in the world rather than the convincing rhetoric that gets us where we are in this podcast, which is like, I don't freaking know. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what if we, through spiritual practice and transformation in our own selves, lived the way that Jesus lived in the sense of, and I don't mean that like in a cheesy way, I mean that in the like, let me show you who this God is by the way that I treat you and the way that I invite you to come and experience it for yourself. Yeah. And I, th- I think too, uh, going along with what you're saying about telling the story, it, it, I think it's about like understanding, like naming, naming in, in any situation. I think it's hard to like fully understand all the ways that our, our theology and our understanding of grace impacts the things that we do and who we are out in the world. And so I do think that that regular spiritual engagement helps somebody to more easily recognize it in themselves and in their lives, and um, then can make it easier to point to it and say, and this is because mm-hmm. of the grace freely given to us, you know, and, and to, it's not like that we need to do anything radically different. And we could do some work to name some things or we're going to, we do this because this, and that, and that maybe is a bit of the taking for granted piece that I mentioned that we, we take for granted that, oh yeah, that we're about this because of how we understand God and to not that we don't do this, but like, you know, to make it more clear that like, this is a specific important message and it impacts who we are and what we do in the world. I think you guys have it figured out. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> That's not a TED Talk. <laughs> Making it yeah. up. It's always hard to have conversations like this that feel like mm-hmm. you get to the end of it and it feels like just a tiny bit hopeless. And mm-hmm. I don't think that it is uh, lest people 
uh, get that sense from me or from this conversation. It's just a, it's just a hard thing. And it's, it's, it's a, it feels like a big, a big hurdle, big obstacle that's facing our church. And we do have a lot of people who are working in the church, who are listening to this podcast, who are at the E that believe a lot in this work and its power and the story that the church can tell. And it's not a, it's not a worthless story. And so I, I suppose the encouraging thing is that having conversations like this allows for you to think about it and figure out, or at least try to figure out how you can, at least in your corner of the world, tell a better story that, you know, maybe gets more people to hear it and gets more people to believe in the, the things that we believe in or once believed in that got us doing this in the first place. So it's, uh, it's not worth, it's not worthless. <laughs> even if it feels like it sometimes mm. anyway, great conversation. Yeah. Um, and so now to abruptly turn to announcements, um, we have just a couple for you. The network's next Oasis is coming up. Uh, Oasis is an online event that happens two or three times a year. It's a 90 minute uh, session of learning and conversation. The next Oasis is on Thursday, April 27th at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Our teaching guest is the Reverend Dr. Chuck Hunt, who is an insightful and dynamic teacher. The best part is if you have a network paid membership, Oasis is free. It's included. And for non-network members or basic network members, the cost is only 25 bucks. So uh, to get more info or to register for the next one that's coming up, Go to elcaymnet.org slash Oasis. Also, a, another great resource for that network membership is uh, Martin's List. You've heard us talk about that resource sharing website that's on the network website. There are over 425 resources currently on Martin's List. Uh, don't forget when you create something, when you write something, you can share that with others on Martin Li Martin's List as well. The work you've done to create can be of help to your colleagues in the network. And their work can help you too. That's what Martin's List is for. And if you've got something, a Bible study, an activity, a retreat, outline, whatever it may be, share it on martinslist.org. And thank you to all of you who are members of the network. Your membership makes things like this podcast, our mobile app, our Connect Journal, uh, Discipling Cohorts Initiative, and the Extravaganza, which so many of you uh, just participated in. It makes it all possible. So Thank you for your membership. And if you're not a member of the network, we encourage you to join. If you want to check your to make sure your membership is up to date, you can do so by logging into the website and then clicking on your name at the top to see your account status. We're grateful to be a community that cares for this ministry and this network. Thanks so much for listening. New podcasts will be released on the third Tuesday of every month. Be sure to subscribe so you receive them as they come out and share with your friends. We like new friends. So bring them along. Share the story. And as always, thank you to Paul Amlin, our 3TC producer, for his work. We hope you have a great week, a great month. Until next time, bye. Bye. Bye.